Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Monday. I'm James Erpine. Great to have you in on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Coming up, why trading up makes so much sense for the Cincinnati Bengals in less than five weeks, less than five weeks away from the NFL draft. Joe Goodberry will join me this week, as will Solomon Tentman. I'm going to have to get him on to talk about his player evaluations that he's doing. His prospect spotlights for LockedOnBengals.com. We'll get to that as well on today's podcast. I'm James Erpine. I cover the Bengals for ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW in Cincinnati, and we do this podcast every single day. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify, you can get the Locked on Bengals podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a review. Five stars, please, on iTunes. Um, also, check out LockedOnBengals.com. And that's where I want to start today's show because Steve Herman, who, and I'm looking at it here, LockedOnBengals.com, he makes the case that it's time to say goodbye to Vontez Perfect. And he does so, and I want you to check it out and read it and feel free to tweet Steve and call him dumb or crazy or or tweet him and say you agree completely. Either way, I think there could be an argument made both sides. Totally understand it. And when it it comes to Vontez Perfect for me, this is a guy that there's no denying his talent. I've seen people call him a, a generational talent. He's not that. He's not Ray Lewis. But he's a really, really, really good football player. A top linebacker in this game today, when he's completely dialed in, dialed in as far as in shape goes, dialed in as far as football goes, and not the after-the-whistle the type hits, which I think he's cleaned up to a certain extent. But... When he got dropped and that, and that, that PED suspension came down, I said, this might be it for Vontez Perfect in Cincinnati. Since then, I've reached out to multiple people. One you've heard on this podcast, Jim Osarski, and that does not appear to be the case. But a lot of fans have gone back and forth on this, and there's a, a strong amount of you that say, move on from Perfect. And then there's a lot of you who say, keep Vontez Perfect. Are you insane? And you look at the details and you say, well, the doctor and the prescription and who knows, and I I get all that. Here's what I think. If the Bengals, after all of the things that Steve referred to, and again, I suggest you check it out because it kind of refreshes your memory on how long of a rap sheet Vontez Perfect has as far as penalties, fines, hurting the team via suspension, all that stuff. Injuries, and here's the thing for me. He signed a contract extension with the Bengals during the season last year. Three years, $33 million, base salaries of $3.85 and $6.1 million. There's roster bonuses in there, workout bonuses. Comes with a cap hit of $8.6 million, $8.7 million, and $9.8 million. And I look at this deal... And if they were willing to give him this deal pre-drug suspension, pre-this this four-game, pending four-game suspension handed down by the NFL because of performance-enhancing drugs, they're willing to do that. After all the stuff that Steve refers to, after all of the fines, after all of the other suspensions, after all of the injuries, after the playoff game, after everything that came before and after that, after the suspension this past year, after getting kicked out of a game this past year, if they were willing to do that, then 
they why, why would we think that they were going to change now? Of course Vontez is going to be here. The PED suspension. This one, I'm actually kind of on Burfick's side. Look, if a doctor prescribes me something and says this is going to help you, guess what? I take it. Especially if it's a team doctor. Now, I haven't heard whether or not it was a team doctor who prescribed it, but my God, if you're a... Think about it. If you're an athlete and you're a professional athlete and you can't trust the team doctor, then who the hell are you going to trust? No one? That, that's what we're doing. Understand that. That in a world where athletes are limited to who they can trust already. They don't trust me. They don't trust the media. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't like saying much at, on record or anything because they know it'll blow up into a big story. Now they can't trust. Hell, they, they don't trust some of their coaches. Sometimes they don't trust trainers. Sometimes they're not trusting people within the organization, media, etc. Now you want them to bring in their own doctor. You want them to have someone that vets every single thing. And you might say, well, yeah, well, a lot of these guys, even perfect. Like, that's a lot of money to be investing in to have your own doctor. I don't think that's that should be the standard. I think it should be up to the team doctor. To pay attention to that stuff. Oh, the, the team medical staff. It doesn't have to be the head doctor. Oh, we can't prescribe these medications because they're on the ban list. This isn't like it's something where it's player to player. Oh, what drugs don't fit that help with concussions or ankles or shoulders that don't fit because they're banned by the league because they contain a banned substance? Get all those out. That's something you do in the offseason to me. So if it's a team doctor, that's more concerning. Regular doctor, still, 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 everything should go through the team. So, like, if a regular doctor is gives Vontez something, he should either, one, take it through a team, or, yes, take it through the doctor. I get that. I totally understand it. But at the end of the day, have I ever questioned what I've been prescribed? Not really. <laughs> Not at all, especially when I have a concussion, especially when I'm worried about my brain health after that hit. So do I blame Vontez Perfect? No. And if the Bengals felt the way they did about Vontez Perfect, uh, well enough to give him $33 million over the next three years, pre-PED suspension, then they should feel good about it post-PED suspension. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Great to have you in on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked on Bengals. Up next, trading up why it could be very vital to the Bengals in the NFL draft. That's next on Locked on Bengals. If I was the Bengals, I would trade up in the draft. There we go. There's your take. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. It's simple to me. I want to get the best player at 21. I don't think that will be Billy Price. I don't think that will be James Daniel. I don't. The, the kid from Iowa, I, I like him a lot. James Daniels is a heck of a player. He's an athlete. You'd say what you want about him. His prospect spotlight series for Solomon Temin is really, really good. Insight on James Daniels at LockedOnBengals.com. I like him. I like uh, Frank Ragnall from Arkansas. Will Clapp from LSU. There are going to be some centers available. But I think James Daniels or Billy Price, one of them will be drafted in the second round. I think one of them can be had for the 38th pick, the 40th pick, the 36th pick, in that range. And ideally what I want is I want the best players. 
right? They have 11 draft picks. And I, I was listening to this, and I played it for you the other day, but I'm going to again. This is Dave Lapham on the Bengals Booth podcast, and it just makes so much sense for a variety of reasons. Here's Dave Lapham. I think, you know, everybody's like, you know, fifth round. Having three fifth round picks, there's value there. You know, and, and who's to say that they may not bunch some of those and, and move up? You know, that, that I, think, I think there's more potential for that this year than trading back. Um, I think that where, where their picks are positioned, I think they can, they can package and, and make a move up if they feel like, boy, this guy has slid to this point. I don't know how much more he's going to slide. We really like him. Let's go get him kind of thing, no matter what round it is. I mean, they've talked about doing that even in the fourth round, the last two drafts. So that, that's Dave Lapham. He's talking to Dan Horde on the Bengals Booth podcast. The reason I think, and I'm going to play that, honestly, you're probably going to hear more and more of that for a, a few reasons. And the first one is value. Why reach at 21 if you can move up and and package a fifth or a fourth round pick from 46 to 40 and get that center? Or from uh, package a fourth and a sixth and move from 46 to 38 and get that center? I think you can do that. Or you trade up in round three. You have two third round picks. Maybe you trade up, use one of them to get Frank Ragnow. Honestly, because to me, doing that gives you the best value, and I want value. The best players at the best spots. Now, with that being said, if the Bengals evaluate and say James Daniels is going to transform our offense, take him at 21. If they say a man, a healthy Billy Price is going to do wonders and not just wonders, he's going to be the difference for our offensive line, absolutely go get him. I don't think either player is going to get that type of evaluation from the Bengals. I don't think they're going to look at either guy and say they're flawless. At 21, shoe in. And if you're taking a center in the top 20, 25 picks in a deep center draft, guess what you're going to have to do? Love him. You're going to have to love him. So in my eyes, I think one of them will be there, and they can get him, whether it's Daniels or Price, and they can trade up, get him in round two. Here's the other reason you trade up, and it's not just for the center spot. You trade up because you have 11 draft picks. And the last thing I want to talk about is how another fifth rounder didn't make it and he had success elsewhere. I don't want more more Jake Elliott talk. I don't want more, oh my goodness, look what happened to this player. Uh, No. There's not 11 roster spots available. Trade up as best you can to get the quality, to get the best players available. I would rather the Bengals finish and, and come out of the draft with five awesome players are five awesome prospects that they look at and they feel amazing about than seven guys where two they feel really good about, three they feel good about, two they're all right with, and a couple they're like, eh, they're fringe guys. And then the rest are on the practice squad or battling for a spot. Quantity is not what I'm focused on. Quality is what I'm focused on. And honestly, having all those draft picks, moving up from 46 even if it's not to get a center, let's say you get your center right away at 21. Using those picks, moving up, let's say to 35, 36, 38, it might be worth it. It really might. And to me, that's something. I think there's going to be really good value in that top 40. Bengals on the outside looking in a little bit, thanks to two wins late uh late in the season over Baltimore and then obviously the one 
over Detroit. So if they trade up, consider trading up, uh, I think it would be a good move, especially rounds two to three. That's the prime spot where I think, man, there are going to be some guys that fall. And maybe James Daniels does fall to 46. Maybe Billy Price does fall to 46. Elfline from Ohio State last year fell to round three. He projects to be about as good, maybe a little bit better, uh, does Billy Price over Elfline, but they're close. I could see him being there. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. A ton at LockedOnBengals.com. Also, Joe Goodberry this week. We're going to start rolling in the draft analyst. This final month is going to be a sprint to the draft. All things coverage. This is your number one spot for Bengals draft coverage between now, during, and after the draft. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm James Rapine. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. (laughs) 